So good to see you in worship. And I'm cognizant of what time it is. Uh, my notes, my sermon's a little shorter than what it is, what it was meant to be when I got here tonight. Somebody took a page or two of my notes. And uh, my son-in-law met me out in the lobby, and he flipped his hand. He was just talking with his hands. Well, he knocked my notes, and they went flying everywhere. Well, we didn't recover them all. I don't know where they're at. If somebody picked up some, but it reminded me when I got in here, and uh, I don't know, it was probably about 2005, my dad was sitting there, or we actually had chairs up here, and he said, Gary, I left my notes on my desk in my office. Would you go get them? So I went to his office. I took his notes out of the, out of the Manila folder there and just left an empty folder. I brought his notes back up here, and he got up here and opened it, and there was no notes. He just started preaching, and we had revival that night. Amen. <laughs> but I got a talking to the next morning. Amen. <laughs> no. Hallelujah. So good to see you in worship. And I want you to turn to 1 Samuel. I'm going to just start this tonight, set the page and try to find the rest of my notes. But I, I can preach what I know I, I've studied. But uh, next week, we're going to be outside. Another major outreach of this church. Uh, the fall festival, we reach a lot of people. My wife gave an incredible story of what happened at a fall festival a couple years ago, uh, this past Sunday. And so it's a major outreach. We'll touch a lot of lives next Wednesday. And then I'll just pick up where I leave off tonight, amen, two weeks from tonight. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Amen. I want to talk to you about victory over the giants. Goliath must fall, Amen. Hallelujah. From 1 Samuel 17, beginning with verse 1, now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle. And they were gathered together at Sokoth, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Sokoth and Azakak in the Epiphanim. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah. We've stood in that valley with some of y'all and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side. And there was a valley between them. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath. Everybody say Goliath. He was from Gath. His height was six cubits and a span. You may be seated. How many have ever faced giants? You've had to battle giants. Well, in your Christian life, in your Christian walk, there's going to be times that there's going to be times of attack, and the enemy comes, amen? And he comes to attack your life. Some of those attacks can be self-induced, and this is not in the book. I, I read the chapter, looked at the chapter, and I thought, well, I want to add some to that chapter because uh, it's dealing with snakes, and uh, we'll, we'll go there in a minute. But um, some some giants are self-induced. Pastor Dusty set a, and Pastor Ralph last week, my wife and I were out of town, but he preached a powerful message, and Pastor Dusty's Sunday night sort of setting this was an amazing message. But uh, some some giants are self-induced. 
If you allow sin into your life, that will become a giant. Everybody say, praise the Lord. We've got to live free from sin. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Embracing sin opens the door for the devil's work in your life. And we have to, we have to uh, stay free from access points that we create. And uh, when, you know, pastors do a lot of counseling. I, I thought about this, and I, I, pastors know a lot. We know a lot of history about people. We know a lot of things about people. And uh, we, we check things out, and we listen, and, we, and uh, I just want to say, keep your heart guarded against any type, type of intrusion of the enemy into your life. Keep your mind, amen? Your ears are not a garbage can, church. The devil can try to sow some things into your spirit. The devil can try to bring things into people's lives. And we've got to stay free from any kind of besetting sins. The apostle Paul admonishes us concerning this that these besetting sins can get into people's lives and corrupt things and actually become giants. And uh, over the years, I've, I've had to deal with people that opened their lives to things that should have never come into their life and they should have never opened their life. That's why we, we're, a, we're a Pentecostal group. I, I want to be more Pentecostal than we are. But... Uh, we're also a holiness group. I know this, this teaching doesn't get a lot of amens, doesn't get a lot of shouts. But listen, without holiness, no man shall see God. I'll come over here and I didn't hear one amen over here. Didn't hear one oh me. Without holiness, you're not going to see God. We've got to live a holy life. We can't look like the world. We can't act like the world. We can't talk like the world. We can't be like the world. We're a different people. Amen. We've been called out of darkness. I'm talking about giants that are self-induced into our life. Giants that we have to fight that our choices brought those giants into being. If you live like the world, if you live like the devil, friends, you're inviting a giant into your life. And you don't want a giant to have to fight. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean that every giant was self-induced because they're not. The devil manifests his works. But I do know that people can bring giants into being by the way they live. Sin becomes a giant. And if we say we have no sin, listen, we always need to run to the grace and mercy of Jesus. Every one of us are sinners saved by grace. How many have a sinful past? Raise your hand. Be truthful. First John says, if you say you have no sin, you're a liar. Every one of us came out of sin. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God is graceful and merciful, amen? But God committed, Romans 5, 8, but God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. My, my introduction, which is not in the book, but I just, when I was studying this, I felt like the self as a pastor, I have to watch a lot of self-induced giants that I, ple I believe people embrace things 
that opened the door for the devil's work in their life. And uh, we, we've got to, listen, we've got to live a holy life, a righteous life. Amen. I don't want to be like the world. I want to be like Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Victory over the giants can really mean to a lot of people that we've got to live above sin and not allow de the devil's work in our life and his work to become a giant. Now, this giant was a tall giant, Goliath. I wrote in my notes, when I was in the 10th grade, I went to Forest High School, and I had a coach, a basketball coach. He was an intern from JU University. His name is Artis Gilmore. How many have ever heard of him? Seven foot two years of, a, of, of height. Seven foot two. I was extremely short at that time in my life in the 10th grade. And uh, I came up to the bottom of his elbow. And I used to come up to artists and I'd stand beside him and I was right here. He'd put his elbow on the top of my head. And he'd get in a Volkswagen, a Volkswagen bug and his head would be out the top. And, uh, and he's still a, a businessman in the community, good man. And, uh, but I thought, wow, seven foot two. And uh, I, was, I don't know, I was five one maybe, I don't know, I was in 10th grade, I was very short, I, I didn't hit a growing spurt till I got about 11th grade, and still not tall, blessed are the small and the tall, short, amen, I always, I would tell artists that, I said, blessed are the short, for they shall inherit the kingdom, <laughs> he'd just smile, but you know, artists was seven foot two, but Goliath was 13 four, wow, 13 four, that's in the Dake's Bible. That's a pretty tall man, amen? Giants can present obstacles. And Israel had this obstacle in front of them. He had a helmet of brass, a coat of mail, rows of metal plates. Verse 5 says, greaves of brass, a spear that was 20 pounds, a shield that he had a shield carrier and Goliath was an obstacle to Israel walking in victory a giant is an obstacle to you walking in total freedom and victory I do believe God wants the giants in our lives to die and I believe there's something important but I just felt like I needed to camp because you know as I've listened to pastors and I've listened to our pastors and I've listened to our youth pastors the pandemic created some real problems in people's lives. And it opened the door to the devil in a lot of areas. I want to tell you as a pastor of many years, we got young people that need to be free. Mama, daddy, grandparent, we got children that are dealing with things. They, we're dealing with things, dealing with families and dealing with children and and, uh, and teenagers that, I'm telling you, they just snowballed during a season that people were not connected. There is something about coming together in the ho most holy faith, assembling ourselves. I was, I was listening to the book of Hebrews on my AirPods today. And uh, the apostle, I believe the apostle Paul wrote Hebrews, and he's talking about how important it is 
that we don't miss in the last days, in the evil day, the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some have. And he was talking in, in that book, in that chapter, about how important it is. And when people were out of church, disconnected from church, I'm telling you, there's families suffered. And we're, we're dealing with the aftermath and trying to help put families, help put children and teenagers, deal with things that came into their life. And friends, I want you to know some giants we need to close the door to. If you open the door to a giant, you need to close the door to it. You don't need to condone sin. You don't need to condone unrighteousness. You don't need to condone uh, things that are contra. You know, where do we get our faith and practice from that Bible? What you believe should not come from your parents and grandparents. It should come out of that word. Amen. I get in that Bible, I study that Bible, I listen to that Bible, I pray over that word, and what I believe and what I teach, I hammer out in these pages of this book. I'm talking about giants that can be self-induced, and we want to cut that off. I don't want any giants in my life. We face real giants, and giants come our way to war against us, to keep us beaten down. And Satan finds the weakest areas that he can come at in our lives. Matthew chapter 4, after Jesus had fasted and prayed, where did, Je where did the devil come to, to Jesus at? Tempted him with food. He said, if, if you're the son of God, change these stones to bread. And uh, he tempted him in a weak area. Be careful that you don't allow yourself to get spiritually weak. Now, Jesus was not spiritually weak. He conquered the devil. He showed us how to conquer. He spoke the word. It is written. You need to get the word of God out. I believe that the five stones that David picked up out of that brook, and we've stood right there over that brook, symbolized the word of God. That is a stone that will kill any giant. You resist the devil with the word of God. Don't resist it with your words. Don't resist it with your thoughts. Resist the devil with the word of God, and he will flee. Amen. Hallelujah. There are many giants going on right now. Drugs, alcohol, sex, bad friends, attitudes, cheating, stealing. When I wrote down cheating and stealing, my mind went back to the seventh grade. When I was in junior high school, I only ever got one swat. Now, my mom was going to hear this for the first time. When I was in my, all my years of school, I got one swat, and that was in the seventh grade. And I was chewing gum in class. And that was a federal offense back then. That was a federal offense. Now we got, they, they wouldn't even think about anything like that. But I got one swat in all my days of school, and it was for chewing gum in class. I want you to know, friends, we got all kind of stuff going on that we need to be modeling for our children, our grandchildren, our families, righteousness and godliness and holiness. Amen. They need to see people living righteously in this, this hour. What I preached Sunday from uh, Psalm 15, it's the righteous person that's going to make the holy hill of God. I want to make the holy hill of God. 
Hallelujah. I'll say hallelujah if you want. My wife mentioned something that I think was so important that I think becomes a giant. I've watched this over the years, that when people embrace offenses, how many have ever been offended at something? I want you to raise your hand. You need to shame the devil right now. You've been offended at something. When you embrace that offense, you're allowing a giant to come into your life. You're embracing a giant. You're saying, come home with me. You're, you're, you're saying to a giant, stay in my life, stay in my family. Listen, my wife has often, so many times through our marriage said uh, a saying about offenses. Offenses is like drinking a cup of poison and hoping the offending person gets sick and you're the ones getting sick. The only person that the offense is gonna hurt is you. And you gotta get rid of that giant. I wanna attack that giant tonight. That if you've got an offended spirit, you need, to get, you need to give some forgiveness out, some love out, amen? You need, to, you need to walk in love. There are three things that are going to abide. Faith, hope, and love. Everybody say love. We need more love in the church. The devil wants to come in and create offenses, and I'm telling you, that becomes a giant that people have to deal with. And you need to get over those offenses because the devil will use that to uproot you, upplant you. You can have years of faithful service and you're about to hear one of the greatest well-dones when you get to heaven and all of a sudden it's gone because you embraced an offense and allowed the devil to work through that offense. Giants can be conquered. Now this is where our book talks about snakes. And the book goes to Hilton Head to a campground in this second chapter, and uh, the authors there would take young people up there, and there were teeming poisonous snakes that would come up on this camp at night. And they would have a large group of young people, they rented it out, and they would have to deal with these snakes. So they, the leaders would get bats, and they would, they would hit those snakes. And uh, they, they would kill those snakes. It reminds me of when we went to the Caribbean with the, one of the first, the first mission trip this church ever made. My wife and I took a, young, a group of young people to one of the Caribbean islands. And um, it was back in 1978, I think it was. And Jennifer was six weeks old and we took her. But every night we played a game. Uh, there were these five-inch cockroaches that were there by the hundreds in this building where we were, they were massive, they were giants. They weren't grasshoppers, they were giants. And so we had a game with all the guys that every night when we'd get back from street ministry, we'd get ready, we'd take our shoes off, and I'd say, all right, I'd count to three, one, two, three, and I'd turn the lights on, and cockroaches would start running everywhere. Well, we would see how many the guys could kill with their shoes, and we'd congratulate whoever killed them. We were just trying to have fun, amen. I was a youth pastor doing what youth pastors do. But we had a time. But that's what these guys were, when I read the book, I said, that's what we did way back in 77. We were just doing it with cockroaches. They're doing it with rattlesnakes. 
and moccasins. But they would take bats and they'd hit that snake. But they'd find out that not every snake they hit died. Listen, and they, the, the author of the book is, is writing saying that, oh my goodness, I just looked at the clock. Worship team, come back. Worship team, run back. But they would find out that not all the snakes died. That some of the snakes were just stunned. And those snakes would come back. Listen, you need to kill your giant. You don't need to bring him home with you. You need to kill your giant. They would hit him on the head or hit him on the body. And they, if they just would stop. But in a few minutes, that snake would start moving. And you can even cut the head off of a snake, and the snake will still just reflex. I want you to know that Jesus went to the grave. He, he destroyed the devil. Amen. You need Jesus to destroy the giant. You don't need a giant to raise its ugly head after a period of time, he came, and this is the page of notes that I'm missing. I don't know who took my notes. But uh, this, is, this is where, friends, we got to get it back to Jesus. Because I'm telling you, there's unsearchable riches in Christ. Philippians 4, 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I love Ephesians. I love Colossians and Galatians because they talk of the authority of the believer. But I want you to know it all centers on one who went to the grave, who took the stripes on his back. Hallelujah. Everybody stand. He took the stripes on his back. He bore the brunt and the stroke. I'm telling you, Jesus, listen, David killed Goliath. But who is the son of David? Jesus. I want you to know he's your giant killer. You got to run to Jesus. If you need your giant killed, run to Jesus. I'll say that again. If you need your giant killed, he is the giant. He came and manifested his power so that the works of the devil would be destroyed, the Bible says.